Welcome to Artscape, behind-the-scenes conversation with the great minds that create, explore, and redefine the contemporary arts, be it in dance, music, theater, and digital arts. I'm your host, Michael Boucher, director of SFU Woodward's Cultural Programs here in Vancouver, but online wherever you are. Please join us. Ralph Escamillion, we are so pleased to have you on board with this new work, a commissioned work with Dance Center and SFU Woodward's Cultural Programs. Been, you know, I've been following your career for quite a while. I mean, you've got quite an amazing history of work and influence. With his company, Fake Knot, he creates work that strives to understand the complexities of identity using sound, costume, technology, and the body. Recently, he's premiered his newest work, Whip at the May, Montreal, November 2021 festival, and is currently creating a new work with Filipina Textile Pina, set to premiere this May 2023 in our venues, SFU Woodward's Gold Corp Center of the Arts. Ralph, welcome aboard. Thanks, Michael. There's just such a history to it. And it is, in a way, your influence is just crossed, you know, multi layers of, 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 you know, sound, music, image, and textile. So I thought, why don't you just start off with what drove you to dance? Because I've seen your work in the past. It's mesmerizing. You're kind of, in a way, I call it a true original. You're hard to sort of nail down. You've got so many, in a way, your motion, you're, you're a blur of beauty. What's kicked you off to falling in love with dance? Yeah, I, I, I say more recently that I think dance has always been a part of my life. Uh, growing up being Filipino, we'd sing, we dance, we cook, we, we play instruments, we, we entertain. Um, so I feel from like the beginning, I've always been exposed to it. I, I want to say the first time I was really introduced to it and I was really inspired was in like 20, when I was like 13 years old, a cousin showed me a video online of these people dancing and I was like, that's so cool. And I wanted to learn more and I started training. I, I learned about breakdancing and then it wasn't until I took a class by Tony Testa, who is a very famous choreographer in the commercial world, a dancer Michael Jackson and Janet, all these people. I took his class and I was just so inspired by, by having a dance, a piece of choreography that was very commercial, but also had these ideas of experimentation and contemporary kind of movement. So it got me going. And I think every year I've luckily felt there's always these new landmarks of reasons of why I dance, why I continue dancing. And I think more recently now, my interest of dance has has kind of pertained to, to space building, how I build space, how I create spaces, and how dance and everything around it that surrounds it can create these spaces of care and support, and also these abilities for people to, to build their confidence. It comes from community engagement, programming, teaching, creating events, and also how even a show like Pina could encompass a multitude of different spaces uh, to create access for others to, to to learn more about the work. I mean, it's kind of funny because some of the stuff that I've seen, what I really, really am admiring is the fact that you take the glitz element of commercial and you make it terribly original. That glitz is very often generic. It's the distillation of what is, the, you know, a hot thing that immediately attracts to the eye. But you turn it into something that is very interpretive and very, very thought out. You, you, you cleverly sabotage it and make it something original. So hats off to you in that regard. So with Rapina, going back to your Filipino roots, so would you want to say a few things about why 
you felt this is important at this time and place to dive into that world and how mm -hmm. are you yeah my last two works uh hinky punk and whip were definitely more in like not connected with my cultural context i would i mean inadvertently i am filipino everywhere i am so my work is always going to be filipino so if we're going to go that route but uh, this work specifically, I think, was at a time during pandemic because we started researching this work in like 2020, so just when we started pandemic. And I feel like that time it gave me a lot of opportunities to incubate and think about who am I, what is my context. Also, thinking about wanting to learn more about what my where my family comes from, and inherently, my interest led me to to fabric, to clothing, to textile. In the Philippines, there's a very common uh spanish filipino kind of dress called the barong which is like a shirt like a sheer shirt usually made from like a nipis fabric or like a, a sheer fabric so piña and or abaca and then also the terno sleeve the butterfly sleeve so these are pretty big big iconograph iconographic images of the philippine people like globally it's kind of what was shared and shown through the world i kind of wanted to know why this fabric why piña why was this fabric the one and as I delved into it, I, I learned more about also the connection to its colonial history, its Spanish colonial history, as pineapples were not native to the Philippines. So the fiber became this other thing now about being, being a country that has been colonized, that's been influenced uh, for 400 years. So I kept literally pulling that thread, learning about the dances that those garments that I was interested in were connected to, and then the fiber, the history of the fibers, and then it just kind of had, has kept snowballing since. And so you're working with, in this instance, you're working with how many dancers? This, this time it's going to be four dancers. Yeah. Okay. And you're not part of it. You are actually holding back and being the choreographer. Are you right in it? I'm right in it at this point. We have planned and understudied just if things start to shift in the future. For me, as this work is still an exploration for myself of my own identity, it's important to be inside of the work. Uh, that being said, I do have some great support by a dramaturge by Denisa Reyes, who is a ex-Valley Philippines director and also Choreo Lab and Neo-Filipino. Uh, she's been our dramaturge from uh, across the online interweb. So we've been sending videos, talk, talking, and I actually recently got to see her when I was in Kentucky this past weekend. So we got to talk a little bit then too. So, and we have a multitude of like, different mentors throughout the work that's been really informative as getting some more outside eye support, especially because there's so much weight and history about this fiber. So it was important for me to really be, to humble myself and be supported and, and have mentorship by a multitude of different people. Beyond the performance, I mean, you're really wanting um, the audience to have somewhat of an immersive experience. Um, in a way, the show starts formally at eight o'clock in the evening, but at seven o'clock, you're having um, a certain ritualized thing for anyone that wants to attend. Do you want to explain what that is? Yeah, I'm, it's a fiesta. So we're planning a fiesta before every every show, uh, starting at 7 p.m. The idea about this kind, kind of came about uh, more recently when I was in the Philippines in December for my cousin's wedding. And I was just reminded, the when I think of my family, I think of the Philippines, I think of these celebrations, I guess, because that's my relationship to the Philippines is, is celebratory. I, I wanted to find a way to in, it, give that and offer that to the audience as well as they enter into the room. So. Starting at seven o'clock, there'll be a karaoke machine station with the dancers and us kind of singing, hanging out. 
Uh, there'll be food being offered to people, some like music. So you'll have this environment of a feeling of a, of a fiesta or a party. And then in, in stark contrast to once you get into the theater, you'll hear the door open with the sound of the fiesta, but in the room, it's just this black space. So I, I really like this duality of the contrast between this big party and the smells, the sounds, in contrast to the space that we put performance in, this idea of presentation. That, that's, that's one way I've incorporated it. And I think also adding to that, we have an installation that will be at SFU as well, and also the Dance Center of the Pina Fibers and a video documentation to give another access point. And even before people even come into the building, we have a series of these uh, webinars we've been doing since 2021. Uh, with textile, fabric, dance, piña ex experts uh, that are available for people to have another way of accessing the work. And this will be on our website, as well as dance centers, as well as your own website, I'm imagining, right? Yes, yes. Okay, fantastic, yeah. There are a lot of firsts here for us. We're very happy to be actually commissioning this work with Dance Center. So it's the first time we're working Dance Center, but also with you in a commissioning context. We presented you before, but it's really, really a delight. Again, the performances are from May the 4th to the 6th, a terribly unique experience and immersive with one of Vancouver's brilliant rising stars, Ralph Escamillion. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Michael.